Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to How to Human Part 4. No, four on our Friday morning here. Fantastic to see you all with us. Just so you know, my name is Stuart. This is my wife, Melanie. We're going to be, we've been hosting the seminar all week, had some amazing times with God. Please get your Bibles out. Please get your notebooks out ready for what God might be saying to you today. Uh, And I'm going to hand over to Melanie, who's going to introduce our speaker this morning. Good morning. Please find your seat. I'm starting to, is anyone else losing their voice? Oh my goodness, I've got like this growly, gravelly thing going on. Yeah, I'm too tired. Who's tired? Who's grubby and needs a shower? Yeah, that's me. I'm tired, grubby, I need a shower, and I'm starting to lose my voice. So, you'll be pleased this morning that Charlene is going to be speaking, and she has showered and she's got her voice intact because she is not camping here. So, yeah, and her hair looks good. I am on last day hair. The dry shampoo is not cutting it, so um, it's bad news. So I want you guys to just hold out your hands. I'm going to pray for us because I, I know Charlene's got stuff to bring to us that is from God, that is going to go into our hearts. But we need to just adopt a pose where we're ready for it, where we're ready to hear what the Father says about us, where we're ready to hear about identity where we're ready to receive it. So I'm going to pray for us and then I'm going to ask Charlene to come up. So Father, we love your voice. We love to hear from you. We know that what you say about us matters more than anything else. And so we pray for our hearts, our ears, our eyes, all our senses to come alive this morning and engage with who you say we are. We love you. We worship you, and we're ready for you. Amen? Amen. Charlene, come and join us. Charlene is from the King's Arms Church in Bedford. She'll tell you more about herself, I'm sure. But she has a beautiful gift of being able to hear what's on the Father's heart and deliver. So I'm excited to hear what she's got to say. So let's give her a big New Day clap. See if I can put this in here because I like to use my hands when I talk. Is this going to stay? Can you hear me? We are competing with next door, but don't you worry because I'm South African and I can get really loud. Wow, so you are awake. Well, um, as Mel said, my name is Charlene, and I am from the King's Arms, and I've got some friends here today on the side, and we're going to be doing some prophetic ministry at some point during this seminar. And so um, if you've never had a prophetic word, that's, we believe that we hear the voice of God. And so we just want to encourage the socks off of you today. But before we do that, we're going to talk a bit about our identity um, through the Father. And then we're going to maybe do some ministry time. Does that sound good? Great. As I said, my name is Charlene. But actually, I've got some other names. My friends call me Shah. Um, my best friend in London used to call me Lenny. In fact, I've got Phil Cox there, he calls me Shah Shah. And in South Africa, I was called Charlie, Charles. What? So I have a number of names, but I've also got some other names, which is Mum. And my kids are here today, but I won't point them out because they might not like that. Um, my husband calls me Babes. How cringy is that? Don't worry, one day when you're in love, you'll be calling each other Honey and Babes. 
But it's important what we call ourselves and what we're known as. In fact, I remember once my grandmother called me girl because she forgot my name. How weird is that? But she did have like 40 grandkids, so it's fine. Um, But it's important how we view ourselves and how we understand and believe that God views us and who he says we are. So why don't you just turn to the person next to you and tell them the nickname you've had or maybe the nickname you would like. Why don't you do that? Take 10 seconds to do that. What's the nickname you've had? What's your nickname been? Ducky. Ducky is fine. What's yours? Bug. Bug. Okay, I can see. That's cute. Who else? Blocky. That's, is that Afrikaans? That means block. <laughs> Blocky. That's great. One more. Rat. Wow. That's encouraging. I know this is going to go weird. What's, what's your nickname? Pookie. Great. Um, So I won't call you by any of those names, but it's important to know who's calling us what and why they're calling us. Is it a place of love? Is it a place of friendship? Or is it a place of being mean to us? And one of the greatest tasks of life is figuring out who we are and discovering who God made us. And um, how you see yourself and how you see your, how you think God sees you is going to affect everything you do in life. It's going to affect how successful you are. It's going to affect what you do with your life. It's going to affect um, what drives you in relationships. And so today we're going to talk about how God sees us. Um, I don't know if you've ever wanted a different name. I remember when I was a kid, I used to hate my name and I always wanted to be called Abigail. Are there any Abigails here? Woo-woo. My dad loved the name Abigail, so I wanted to be called Abigail because I just wanted him to love my name. And I didn't change my name. I decided to keep it because I like it um, now. But I remember going through life thinking, oh, man, I wish I could change my name. Or um, I've had friends, maybe if you're from Africa. I don't know if you're from Africa and got an African name, yeah? Do you have a cool name, a creative name? Luyanda. Come on. Do you know my closer name is Tembile, which means there is hope. And so sometimes you might have had a name that people haven't been able to pronounce properly. And so maybe you've just shortened it or kind of changed it so that people could say your name properly. And um, I've reflected on times when I've wanted a different name or needed a different name, but maybe not in the way that you might imagine. Throughout my life, the enemies whispered in my ear things about me, things that he's wanted me to think about myself. Maybe that I was a failure. Maybe that I'm not good enough. I'm not sporty enough. That I'm rejected. That I'm not accepted. That I'm not valuable enough to be heard. And Jesus had to come and squash those lies in my life because that's not who the Father sees me as. And so we're going to talk about that. And you know that we are defined by our Creator, but the devil wants to distort the truth of who God has made you to be. And we look in 2 Corinthians, if you want to write it down, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. God is calling us as new creations, as children of God, as sons and daughters of God. And he gives us a new name in Revelation 2 verse 17. I don't know if you've ever read this before. It says, and I will give each And I'll give to each one of you a white stone, and on the stone you will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Everybody who accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior receives a new name. We get adopted into God's family. We receive him as our father. But maybe you're thinking, what are the names that God has given me? We're going to go through a few in a minute, and I'm going to ask you to do it with me. But nothing in your life, nothing in your past, nothing in your mistakes has got authority to 
dictate who you are and who you're called to be. Only God, your creator, has that. So God is a father. Maybe you haven't got a father. Maybe you haven't had a good father. Maybe your dad's been absent. Maybe your dad's been shut down emotionally. None of those things are who God the Father is. And today we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal who God the Father is to us. That he is one who is immovable in his love for you. He's unconditional in his love for you. He's kind. He's patient. He's long-suffering with you. And so let's read the first one. Have you ever thought that you're weak? We're going to play bingo here. Have you ever thought that you're weak? Yeah, I've had moments when I think, thought of weak. But you know what the Father says? He says that I am strong. So in Psalm 18, verse 30, it says, God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. Everybody say, I am strong. Okay. Remember, I'm South African. And we're in an echo chamber. I am strong. I am strong. Amen. How many of you have felt like you've damaged goods, like you've messed up before? Is there anybody here? Yeah, but God says, no, I've forgiven you. I've renewed you. In 1 John 2 verse 12, it says, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Why don't you say, I'm forgiven. forgiven. Amen. How many of you have felt like you've been rejected? Yeah, you've all felt that. What does God say? He says, do not fear. I've redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. You belong to the Father. Say, I belong. You belong to a loving Father who will never leave you and never forsake you. He'll never let go of you. He'll never abandon his responsibilities of being your dad. How many of you have been afraid? Yeah, that's quite a big one, isn't it? The Bible says that God, my Father, he's always with me. In Joshua 1 verse 9, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Say, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. Jesus wants to bring freedom to some of you this morning. Some of you have partnered with fear. Some, something might have happened to you where you felt fear. Maybe you live with fear. It could be fear of the future. It could be fear of being accepted. It could be fear of the dark. But Jesus wants to bring you freedom this morning and lift off fear. It says perfect love drives out all fear. Amen. I'm going to do a few more. Who has felt worried and anxious? I think that's most of you too. But God says that he has made us to be peaceful. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but I give you peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's John 14 verse 27. Just say, I am peaceful. Oh, I can't hear you. I am peaceful. Do you know that the enemy loves to make us those that are anxious? The Bible says we don't have to be anxious about anything. We've got a father who will never leave us. He is bigger and greater than anything that could possibly happen to you. He is your savior. He is your Lord. He fights for you. You don't have to be anxious about anything. And he gives us peace. He gives us himself, which is peace. How many of you have felt like you're worthless? That's not a great feeling, is it? Where you felt worthless. Where you felt like everybody has more value than you. Where you felt like you're just not good enough. Nobody's going to love me for who I am. But God says you are worth it. Your dad 
says to you, you are worth it. If we look in John 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Our father gave his son because you were worth it. Because he wanted you to have a relationship with him. He wanted you to know his love. And so you are worthy of the father's love. Let's do one more last one. Who has ever felt lonely and like they don't have any friends? That's hard, isn't it? When you feel like you're on the outside of the crowd, when you feel like everybody's got a circle and you're sitting on the outside of a circle, when you felt like everybody's got things in common and you're just standing out on your own. But Jesus says, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all the things I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. Jesus calls us friends. And if you're friends with somebody, you have a relationship with them. Jesus is calling you into a relationship with him, which means that you talk to him, that you hear his voice. He's calling you into a friendship with, with you. Because you know what? God always tells the truth. I don't know if you've had anybody lie to you ever, but it's a very painful thing. But I'm telling you today that God will never lie to you. He will never, ever let you down. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And you know what? I was just thinking about who God says I am. And I was uh, thinking about a, a series that, that my husband and I used to watch called The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent. Who of you have watched that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. I'm not going to lie. But there's always a panel on The X Factor and it normally has four judges. And there's always one judge that everybody cares about. Who's that judge? Simon Cowell. And everybody cares what Simon Cowell thinks about them. Even though he's rude, obnoxious. He's the one guy on the panel who will always tell the truth. And he's the one guy on the panel who will always make it happen. So when Simon Cowell says that you're a star, you probably are a star. When Louis Walsh says you're great, maybe that's just like a personal preference. But if Simon Cowell says that he's going to make you a star, who knows a little mix? Yeah? One Direction. Simon made those guys famous because he's got connections, he's got authority, he's got power. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, who do you allow to speak into your life? What panel of people do you allow to speak into your life? Who's on the panel of people? Is it your friends? Is it the people that don't like you and try and say negative things about you? Is it maybe your parents? Or is there one voice on that panel that speaks louder than any other voice and his name is Jesus? Because when Jesus says something, he never lies. He always tells the truth. And when Jesus makes a promise, it will always come to fulfillment. Because he has all the power, all the authority, and all the connections. And imagine being the son of Simon Cowell. I bet you he's not going to have a problem doing what he wants to do because of who Simon is. And our God is a father who wants the best for us, is more connected than anybody you'll know, has all authority, more authority than the devil over your life, and has got all the power for the promises and purpose that he has for you. So whose voice are you going to listen to most? Yeah. So the person you listen to most will have the most influence over your life. Once I used to be defined by who, who I was in terms of the job I had, the friends I had at school, my grades, my nationality, my religion, 
All those things used to defy me, but I remember having a moment with Jesus. I was at a conference similar to this, and I met Jesus on the floor, and the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I was set free from fear, fear of man, fear of performance. And I remember at that moment thinking, there is only one person I want to live for, one voice who counts the most, and his name is Jesus. And because I decided that day to only live for Jesus and to hear the Father speaking over my life, I've been able to take risks that I wouldn't have taken out of fear. I've been able to be courageous because of who he has said I am and I've been able to squash the voice of the enemy when he said, you're not good enough. Be quiet. You're too much. You'll never get accepted. And that's what the Father wants to do today. He wants to, he wants to show you that he has the loudest, most powerful voice in your life because you are his and you belong to him. And he wants to bring freedom to all the other voices that have held you back, all the lies that have held you back. And today we are told over and over that our feelings are right. Have you heard that before? That what you feel is right? What you feel about yourself, what you feel about your identity is right? But I don't know if you know this, that feelings aren't always the truth. The truth is the truth. And so you can feel something today and feel something different tomorrow And the feelings can always change, but the truth never changes. The truth is that God is your father and that you are his child. The truth is that he will never get irritated with you. He will never discard you. He will never be abusive towards you because you are his and you are dearly loved. So your feelings about who you are because of the pain you feel in, because of the brokenness that you feel in, can maybe sometimes lie to you. Feelings are good and it's good to process your feelings. But nothing will change the truth of God of your life, over who he says you are and over who he's called you to be. And the devil has always had the same tactic. If we look at the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, what did the devil come and say to Eve? Do you know? Did God really say? What did the devil say to Jesus in the desert when he was tempted? If you are and if God is who you say he is. How many of you have had that when things are going wrong, maybe when there's stuff's happening at home, maybe when stuff's happening in your job, does the devil come along and go, did God really say, if you are a child of God, should this really be happening to you? Should these things be happening to you that are not good? Because the devil comes with his half lies and he comes to distort the truth over your life. But nothing changes the truth of who God is. We're told to resist the devil and he will flee from us. God's given us the power, sons and daughters, to resist the devil and he will flee from us. And Bill Johnson, I don't know if you know him, but he's got this great quote that says, the devil will always attack the last thing God said to you. He cannot change who you are, but he changes how you think of yourself. The devil can't change God's promises over your life. It's impossible. He doesn't have the authority to do that. But he can change how you think and what you think God says about you. And we get to silence those voices as sons and daughters. I remember as a kid when I was in school, I was in primary school, this is like decades ago. I won't reveal the actual date. But I was in this, um, we had like home economics classes in South Africa where they taught us how to like cook and sew and knit. And I hated knitting. It was like from the devil. I'm not saying it is, but I hated it. I mean, I just couldn't do it. I used to get my mom to do it for me secretively. And I remember one day going to class and handing in my knitting. And the the teacher said to me, I can't even remember her name. She goes, Charlene, you will never get married. Nobody will ever want to marry you because you can't be a good housewife. 
And I remember that sitting in my spirit and it affected how I did relationships. It affected how I did intimacy because I thought nobody is ever going to want to marry me. Nobody's want to, I can't, I won't be good enough as a wife. And I only in my twenties dealt with that lie, which was like, no, this random teacher said something out of her brokenness to me and I will not live under who she has called me to be. And I had to have a moment with Jesus where I had to break every lie that that woman had spoken over my life and actually believe that I was lovable, believe that I was acceptable, believe that I was good. And I think Dan can attest that I'm a great wife. (laughs) But I had to first break agreement with a lie that was holding me back and that I was living under. And I just want you guys to recognize today that there are some lives that have been spoken over your life and they're not from the Father. They're not who he's called you to be. And the enemy is wanting to hold you back from being the world changer that God has called you to be. Jesus showed his disciples who the Father was. And in um, a verse, I remember it was just after Jesus had done loads of healings and loads of miracles. And then he says to his disciples, who do you say I am? Do you guys remember this bit? He says to his disciples, who do you say I am? And his disciples say, well, some say you're the prophet. Some say that, you know, you're a good teacher. Do you know, even in Jesus' time, people sometimes thought he was the devil because he was, do- he was breaking all the rules. But then Jesus said to his disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter answers and said, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus said to Peter and said, it is the Holy Spirit, it is God who has revealed this to you. And on this rock, I will build my church. And you know, you cannot think of yourself as a child of God if you don't recognize who God is. Because Jesus could have said, I'm the most powerful man alive. I'm the hero in the story. But no, he said, I'm the son of God. Because he knew who God was. And it's a provocation for you guys today. Do you know who the father is? Because how you see yourself will be impacted by how you see the Father. How we see Jesus defines how we see ourselves. How we see Abba as a loving God, as a, as a Father who will never let go of us, is going to determine how you see yourself. And our identity needs to be, I am Charlene, a daughter of God. I am Charlene. I'm loads of things, but I'm a daughter of God foremost. And if you don't feel like you're a daughter or a son, Jesus wants to open up your eyes and open up your heart and heal some brokenness in your heart so that you can receive him as father, receive God as father. I'm going to come to an end soon because I would really just like us to respond to the father this morning. You know, for some of you, maybe the word father is a painful word. For some of you, maybe you're confused about who you are. But do you know that in a moment, the Holy Spirit can come bring freedom. In a moment, the Holy Spirit can come and set the captives free so that you get to live in freedom of who you're called to be as a son and a daughter, not wrapped up in confusion, not wrapped up in pain, not wrapped up, not shying away, not hidden from who God has called you to be. And, and I, am, I read this quote from C.S. Lewis. He's a famous guy. He wrote a book called Mere Christianity, and he wrote this, and it blew me away, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it for you. It's a long quote, 
Um, so listen carefully. It says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, God. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him. You can kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with a patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Either Jesus is Lord this morning. Either he is Lord of your life. Either he is the one who restores relationship with you to the Father. Either he is the one who paid with his life for the forgiveness of your sins. He cannot be anything else. He cannot be put into any other box. And here's the way that makes a way for us this morning into the Father, into the arms of the Father. So we get to choose this morning to be those who come as sons and daughters to the living God. We get to be called sons and daughters and know that that is true for us as an identity, not just a nice label. We get to throw off some lies today because when we know our identity, we know our purpose. When we know whose we are and who we are, We know what God has called us to, and we can run the race. Not just limp along the race, but we can run the race this morning with freedom and with passion. Because you guys are called to be giant slayers in this room. You're called to be world changers. You're called to be those that invent things. You're called to be those that advocate for other people. You're called to be those that start orphanages. You're called to be those that go to the nations. You're called to be those that stand up for truth in the midst of a culture that would silence you. That's who you're called to be. And you can only be those things when you know who you are in Christ as a son and as a daughter. And so let's just stand together this morning. We're going to just spend some time responding to God. And we're also going to spend some time doing prophetic ministry. Team, if you want to come up. But let's just invite Jesus to do something in our hearts. I know it's been a long morning. But this morning could be a morning where the Father speaks to you. This morning could be a morning where he breaks off a lie over your life because he's a good father and his heart for you this morning is to know who you are, that you are his. So Holy Spirit, we just say, come. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. We say, come Holy Spirit and do what only you can do.